Today's 22nd century episode, I chatted with Robert, co-founder of Scribeless. We live in a world with email, Slack, WhatsApp, Facebook, LinkedIn flooding us with online messages that we can simply become overwhelmed and ignore emails that are deemed far less important to our immediate priorities. So how does someone cut through all this digital noise? Scribeless have developed a solution using AI and robotics. Thanks a lot for joining me on to the 22nd Century podcast today. No problem. Um, if I could just start with a little introduction from yourself and how you came to found the company you're working on. Sure. So my name is Robert Bandberg. I am the co-founder of Scribeless, a handwriting company. Um, and how did I come to co-found it? So I started it about two and a half years ago, two to two and a half years ago. And I was looking at basically handwriting, uh, handwriting marketing, which is incredibly effective, but really, really difficult and expensive to do. And we were, I was basically looking at it with a friend to understand could that be an automatable process mm-hmm. and how realistic could we make it within that automated process? Could it be as good as the real thing? And if so, could we bring down the cost so much that it makes it really effective for companies? And then two years later, here, here we are. Yeah. Um, and the first question I always start off by asking is the biggest misconception or myth that people have about Scribeless and the technology? Sure, so I suppose as a kind of wider question, I'm going to kind of answer that question. Okay. But, um, essentially, the biggest myth is that handwriting can only be done by humans. It's a process that can only be done by humans, which is, um, which to be honest, when I first started out, I was kind of a belief of, and a lot of people I spoke to were of the belief of, because it's so, handwriting is so unique to every single person. But um, when you actually really delve into it and look at some of the AI models that are now out there, um, understanding how the process goes and understanding how it's very, very much a pattern. The way someone writes is very much a pattern, it's part of their identity, but it's very much a pattern. Um, it can be. So I suppose that is the biggest misconception within handwriting. If there was a biggest misconception in handwriting. Within us, it's that um, the robotics is incredibly complicated and crazy, and it's not. It's, it's quite simple. It's the software which is there. And then those patterns, are you effectively then teaching those patterns to the computer or to the software? Yeah, exactly. So if you think about the way you write an A, right? So every time you write an A, it will be pretty much exactly the same but different, mm-hmm. right? So it'll be the same style but different, kind of slightly different form each time. And so essentially, the way it's taught to our system is our system scans it identifies it against a huge database we have handwriting. Instead of identifying that specific thing as an A, it identifies that as the form of an A. So that's roughly how an A is formed. Okay. And then basically every time it will reprocess that, it will be unique in the same way a human does it, but it will be in the same style. So effectively what, the, what your software is doing is translating yep. text that's you know, typed up on a computer into someone's handwriting. Is there any, is there any, any mistakes? Does it have? So we can build in mistakes. Okay. Where would they prefer to do it? So we did, we did one campaign which was around uh, six year olds handwriting. And so they wanted lots of spare mistakes. Cool. Like that, which we probably do within a copy, but also you know, within the content, but also cross, crossing things out and all that sort of thing. But um, yeah, generally it's basically, it's, 
it's it's kind of mimicking. So it, it's learning how those characters. It, it, it's learning how you basically gone about that. We've taught it loads of things about how people write and all that sort of thing. Basically, it's taking that pre-existing knowledge it has mm-hmm. and then applying it to what you've got and then basically mimicking that. If that makes sense. And then when people find out, so do you, do you tell people that when you send the letters out, whether it's to a company or for you guys, that it's been written by a robot? And if so, or even if not, what do people think? Sure, so a lot of the stuff we send out to the company, we say it's been written by a robot, we say it right at the end. Nice. And generally, a lot of the response we've had was that's mental. It's mad. <laughs> like, yeah, I was shouting at everyone in my office because we couldn't believe it, which is fantastic. You know, it's a great response. reaction you want. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, especially as um, there's something you've got in front of you is um, uh, the quote, the pen is mighty than the sword, and it's in the handwriting of Edward Bulwell-Lytton, who, who wrote that, you know, who originally coined that phrase. And so we can do lots of famous people's handwriting, anyone from Einstein to Nikola Tesla to Virginia Woolf. And so it's quite cool stuff like that. But generally, the companies we work with, so let's say a CEO of a big company wants their own handwriting, so we'll scan the handwriting pledge to the system, only they'll have access to it. Generally, we, generally it's their call on what the content is. That's their call. Yeah. So if they want to say it, they're more than welcome to. If they don't, they don't have to. That's their call. And what we usually say is, you know, when the email marketing started, every single email was written one by one by one. And then what happened was platforms were made to make it really efficient. Like MailChimp and HubSpot and things. Right. And so, you, and so what's important now is the original content, making the subject line really snappy, making the copy really nice and getting that personalization. And essentially what we've done is just exactly the same. So you have the handwriting process where you spend lots of time thinking about what the right copy is, what the right meshing is, and potentially adding your own handwriting to our writing and our scanning it. And then what we're doing is we're just saying there's a big amount of legwork there. Let's get rid of that for you, then we'll set it out for you. And so you can spend more time focusing on the important bit, the way you communicate, and we'll get rid of the legwork. Do you think then taking out that legwork and having robots doing the legwork for people um, and handwriting letters takes away the essence of writing letters in the first place? I mean, so so we've, we've, we've definitely had it with clients that think one way or the other um, and some clients don't want to use it because of that and that's absolutely fine. Um, but we find essentially, again, the most important part of that process is the content, mm-hmm. it's the copy. And so within that, it's just a tool in which you can communicate in the same way with email marketing, you have platforms with lead generation companies that do the telemarketing for you. Essentially, we're just taking that process away and trying to make it as easy as possible for them. And then, so make it as easy as possible for. And um, what is a good use case that you've had for clients where sure. you use it? So we work with anything from hotels that want to do welcome notes, okay. uh, or, or loyalty uh, outreach, um, or. Uh, Apology notes to uh, financial organisations. Is there something that's been more effective, or you've been surprised by yourself that they've used the technology? It's very effective for lead generation okay. and customer acquisition, just because your chance of getting an email marketing again, most of using email marketing, right? And I think the quite the, the statistic is that the average business person receives 121 emails a day. Mm-hmm. There's no way you're going to cut through that noise mm-hmm. anymore. It's just not going to happen. Yeah. Whereas if you get a hammering note, we can guarantee it'll be the first thing that individual opens. 
and they're much more likely to open it, they're much more likely to engage with it, and they're much more likely to spend more time engaging with it. What, what do those response rates look like compared so, to typical email? Yeah, so industry average, you'll see for email, you'll see around, for open rates, you'll see around 17 to 20%. From the closed studies that have been done by universities, Hamrate has 98% plus. So a lot, a lot yeah. more, okay. Uh, and DM is somewhere in the middle there, I think it's between 20 and 40%. So it's, it's, it's DM, sorry. as in direct mail, as in traditional direct mail, print. Okay. Um, and then in terms of engagement rates, email, most companies we speak to get between 0.1 and 0.5%. Uh, DM you'll get up to about 10, okay. on average about 4, but up to about 10. And a lot of the companies we've done, we've seen between 30 to 50%. So DM would be so, you know, royal mail handling? Yeah, so so you get a you get a um, a Domino's is a good example, but yeah. not Domino's, you know, a, a, a printed envelope with a letter in it kind of thing, yeah. you know, promoting business. And actually, there's been a kind of uptake in direct mail, direct marketing recently, partly because of GDPR, now mm-hmm. makes it more accessible, but also lots of people are reaching the conclusion that, you know, on email marketing and other channels like that, it just isn't working. You know? Have you seen a lot of uplift since GDPR has come in? Yep, yep. So, um, yeah, GDPR has allowed it, you know, allowed companies to reach out to individuals who they don't necessarily have a pre-sign-up connection with. with yeah. um, so we certainly have. Um, it hasn't really affected us a huge amount because we're still a very new concept yeah. and very new thing. Is there any GDPR, does that regulation cover anything to do with what you guys even do? Somewhat, I mean, it's it's very much more focused towards digital. Yeah, you know. So, but my point is with that is that because it's more focused towards digital, it's kind of somewhat given direct mail a new lease of life because you know it's becoming more and more relevant. Right. Yeah, exactly. Um, but I mean, more than that, more than just GDPR, just how ineffective and saturated digital is becoming. You know, and not on all channels. Certainly not on all channels. For sure. But on the majority of channels that organisations are using. Especially if they're not using it with an agency that really knows their stuff. Not sure. And then to make, so for those who are listening on the podcast, I can sure. see an example in front of me which looks very, very good, um, I, must, I must confess. Um, but obviously, to teach a computer and a robot to make something as good as this must have taken quite some time. Could you just kind of talk a little bit through the process of how you get from. <laughs> A pen to then a robot using that pen to make. And with that sample, for you guys that can't see it, you're more likely to go to our website, scribus.co.uk, and request the sample. We send out a lot, so if you want one, just 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 ask one on the website. It's right at the top. Um, but essentially, the learning process. Um, it took a long time to begin with, and we're slowly getting more and more efficient. We'll be able to get it to the point soon, but you'll be able to get the smartphone out scan your notebook in real time will show you handwriting and then you'll be able to send a greetings nice. card okay. out something like that cool. right now we're kind of in the middle so we require a little bit of text uh, but we don't require every single character in the alphabet we just require a small number so if you think about the way the egg and a is formed mm-hmm. from that we can figure out how you do o's how you do b's how you do c's because really? they're all similar form so we'll be able to get to the point eventually whereby we'll be able to do a really minimal number of characters and it will basically get a taste of how you form you know, whether you uh, lean in a particular way or those sorts of things, that sort of thing. Is there any, is there any particular people whose handwriting is worse than others? What's your worst one you so, say? So generally we say if you've got a doctor's handwriting, okay. you're probably not going to get it on the system. Some of them, some of them it's just an absolute mess. Mine's not great, but if it's an absolute mess, the odds of uh, sometimes we've just got to say 
foreshadowing you're going to have to pick one. But we got hundreds of hammer styles on the system. We've also got an AI matching system, so we can do two things with that. We can get your handwriting into our system and it can match it to the typing we got on the system. Nice. So even if your was awful, you could get it very, very close. That's so right. people wouldn't necessarily be able to tell the difference. And we're working on a feature at the moment, uh, an improve your handwriting feature, which is pretty cool. Okay. You can add your handwriting style and then it will improve it to a point that you like and you can keep improving it. Eventually you'll get to a point where it's miles away from yours, but you know, somewhere in the middle. Um, you'll be able to improve it up to a point where it's like, okay, that's really neat. That's maybe me in my neatest form when I've got time to spend. Fair enough. Cool, we'll go with that. Um, and then essentially once we've got the handwriting in the system, that's the difficult bit. We've built out the robotics. We're based in Bristol, we've got a big robotics facility. Um, essentially then it just really clever the software and then it takes it to the, to the robot and then the robot holds anything from a fountain pen to a gel pen to even a crayon. Um, and then writes out that message depending on what, what colour you're all that sort of thing. So um, that's just a delivery system. Nice. So you, you said the office is like a robotics. Yeah. Have you literally just got a line of. Sure. So, same with so, so we're based in the Bristol Robotics Lab, okay. which is a massive robotics lab in uh, Bristol. And it's got everything from autonomous vehicles to biomimicry technology to cool. nuclear engineering technology. It's amazing. Um, and so we've got a room in that facility where we've got a line of these robots which are noisy things, they scream. They <laughs> scream. People, yeah, well they just, they just, they just, the motors are noisy on them. Okay. Um, so when people come in, they, they say it sounds like we've got a sweatshop with, with, with robots <laughs> screaming. <laughs> which is a certain picture you don't want in your head. No, but, uh, <laughs> robots are screaming while they're right lenses. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Um, but it's, it, it's impressive when you see them all writing, you just see loads of the bloody things writing out. Yeah. How, how, many, how many, showing out is not quite the right word, but how many, can you, how many letters can, can the robots produce in say a day? Or sure, so, so it's, it's up to five, our robots are up to five times the speed of human. So okay. if you think about the speed at which you write a signature when you're in a real hurry, um, our robots can write up to that speed. Um, we weren't speaking up, but we spent a lot of time understanding how we can build out the facility. So we're, we're kind of building efficiency at the moment. Um, but yeah, it's, it's just, and, and in terms of being able to do scale, we've built the machines, we built all the technology in-house so we can scale to any order within a day, so. So then do you, do you effectively, how does it work just from a sort of, trying to understand it simply, so, You've got the robot, it's got a fountain pen. You, do you then almost have to take out each page or from the robot? Or? So we've automated that process. Okay. So it's a fully automated process. So from the point, and we're, we're finishing off some of the handwriting stuff, so it's fully automated at the moment. We have a, huge, a few human elements to do okay. policy control checks. But from the point where you add your handwriting style, add your data set, and add your messaging, it will essentially go all the way through, and then we'll have paper set up a thousand pieces of paper and all essentially pick it up, put it in place, write it out, put it out of place, just continuous for and 20 to stop hours. pretty much. Yeah, until it's like somewhere until it reaches the end point of that batch. Twenty to thirty yeah. hours, that's I mean they can they can run for days. So we again we built them we built them on the house to be able to ensure that reliability and you know hold for a long amount of time in terms of writing. But yeah so if if it was a, if if humans had to put it in, that would be that would be, that would be yeah. But it's good that you designed it in in that mind. Yeah. So again, yeah, so 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 we're the, we're the only company in, in Europe which are doing fully automated handwriting. 
Oh, nice. Any of I need to put my board on camera really. Um, and so again, that whole focus is yeah, you know, the robot is writing it, but what's also important is what really saves time is not having to put it in place. So it's that whole process. And anything from a little business card all the way up to you know an A3 sheet or a magazine. And then teaching it how to write someone else's handwriting. Mm-hmm. Is that just a case of scanning in lots of kind of articles or things that people have written sure. and then for for example for people who don't necessarily exist anymore that must be harder than having someone write your whole it's lesson. actually easier uh, is it easier? Okay. easier so google did a project when did they do this project a while ago and they were trying to get every book in existence digitized and so what they did is they took a huge amount of handwriting and added it to the internet mm-hmm. which made it accessible to anyone and we kind of trained our system on that to an extent, because essentially I had it matched up already, um, you know, to that's an A, that's a B, etc. Yeah, yeah. Um, so at the moment, there's no such thing as like copyright for handwriting. Mm-hmm. So, like, Albert Einstein, for example, has got a huge amount of handwriting on the internet because, you know, when he was alive, everything he released would have been handwritten to some yeah. degree. Um, so that becomes really easy because there's a huge amount of content. When someone just gives us a line, at the moment, it requires quite a lot of extrapolation okay. for the other characters going to be. So it requires more intelligence, which we're building in. Um, so yeah, it, it, it just depends how much there is online. Sometimes there's like one one word of someone where that probably that push. But yeah, a lot a, a lot a lot of famous people in history have all that handwriting online. And you mentioned competitors. Is there other competitors in this space? Yeah, sure. Something similar that you're aware of. What are you? So you say you're, you guys are the only people doing it fully automated? Sure. So, so yeah, there's, there's, there's quite a few competitors in the space, and they are in the UK. Um, and they're great, but they are uh, they have rooms of people who write by hand all day. So right. imagine imagine okay. your, last, your last university exam or school exam, when you got to the last 10 minutes and your hand was absolutely killing, but you're powering through. Imagine doing that for eight hours. Um, so, so essentially those companies uh, uh, offer the service but have rooms where people know some of the inspiration behind what we were doing we're seeing how effective they were and because they've got the human element to it they're very expensive you know naturally so um, essentially what we kind of saw was they're doing they're doing a fantastic job you know great great marketing but what if we could do that and make it accessible because right now it's not hugely accessible when you think of it like that when you think about using you know, robotics and AI is actually a very, quite good use, because those people will be probably on minimum wage. Yeah, we work ridiculously like long hours, so if you can have something that is one more accessible to the user, but also then avoids that kind of whole, yeah, sure. literally rinsing people effectively to keep writing for so many yeah, hours, exactly. like you said. So, yeah, so, so, so there's a number of factors, and as I said, the, the companies that do it are fantastic, and, and they, they've done a job really well. Mm-hmm. Um, but as I said, we kind of saw them, we, we, we thought, first of all, poor buggers that have to do that. Yeah. Um, because, you know, it's not the funnest job in the world, but also um, because you're paying people to write each letter, becomes more expensive, becomes less flexible, it's quite a large error in that. And also, if I'm sending a note to someone, I want it in my handwriting. Yeah. Really, you know, even if my handwriting's not that neat, there's still that kind of personalised to me element. Sure, sure. Um, so no, they're great, but we've kind of we've tried to we've tried to automate that process to basically make it accessible to anyone, any through any company that wanna have it in house, put personalised notes for their products, or do welcome notes to hotels or a note from a partner at a law firm, 
anything like that. What we're just trying to do is make it as easy as possible. The way we think we can do that is by saying, you can literally add it in, you can see it writing, all of that stuff. Um, but no, there's, there's a lot of companies around the world that do it written by hand. You um, have seen it quite a bit cheaper as well, right? Yeah, no, exactly. Yeah. So Exactly. So, you know, we've made all the robots ourselves, which means we can make them at an affordable rate, mm-hmm. and therefore we can pass that affordability to clients and allow them to, you know, a lot of the clients we work with want to test it. And that's what we recommend them to do. Try it out and we guarantee the results you see will blow your mind and then you want to use it more, right? Yeah. We win, right. you win. Um, and so within that, what we can do is we can basically say, you know, instead of maybe paying this amount, which, you know, will only allow you to really test 100, you can do this amount and it will allow you to test 1,000 at the same price. Mm-hmm. And by doing that, you know, you can really understand how it affects your business, how it affects engagement. And then from there, we can really showcase the test amount. Exactly, and that's the most important thing, right? When using a new marketing tool, the most important thing is to feel comfortable in using it, to really test it, to really test the results and understand that it works. Because if you're not, you're, you're flying blind and you know, you're just not going to see ROI, the ROI return that you're aiming for. And so essentially what we're trying to do, as I said, is make it more accessible for companies to do that, but also allow better tracking, allow better measurability, just bring technology into it really more effectively because it just hasn't been done. Yeah, it's interesting. It's a really good use of the technology, I think, of robotics. Thank you. The use you wouldn't necessarily hear of. Um, in every in every interview, I do a little quick fire round. Okay. It's always quite fun, so I've got uh, a few questions for you. So, Quill or Biro? Biro. That's quite interesting. Um, blue or black ink? Blue. First or second class? First class always. <laughs> I'll keep it classy. You've got to keep it classy. <laughs> um, uh, rich tea or shortbread? Shortbread. Um, <laughs> you, it's cool. Um, typewriter or computer? Oh, I love a typewriter. I think I think the, the the engineering behind typewriter is just beautiful. Just when you see it in action, going fast, it's just just a gorgeous piece of engineering. And if you make one mistake, then you have to. If you make one, yeah, 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 right. right. It's made quite cool in that, right? Yeah, yeah. Although, I mean, I, I couldn't live without a laptop. So I, I just, I, yeah. Um, and we kind of, we, we, have a, we have a typewriter at uh, the facility, which we kind of are like, that's amazing. If we can make even this as half amazing of what that is as a, as a piece of technology, then we're going to win, you know. And then finally, where do you see the future of Scribeless and robotics, not just over the next 10 or 20 years, but over the next 100 years? Good question. Over a hundred years, I feel like in a hundred years, what 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 the world is going to be like is going to be pretty uh, unimaginable to, to to especially me. I mean, I, I um, but what will what will scribe what, what will handwriting be? I suppose, and I'd say handwriting in twenty years will be anyone will be able to send a handwritten note at any point in time as easy as sending an email. I mean, that would be within a year. So that's not going to answer. What we're going to how I'm going to answer this is. Um, um, so when I started Scribeless, I was kind of interested in the intersection of art and technology, right? And, and it hasn't really been done enough, and you're seeing it more and more in AI's application to art. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there was a piece of art that was sold in Sotheby's about a year ago for £450,000. It was the first piece of AI fully generated art that sold in a major art house. Um, and I think the, the application of AI to art is really interesting because there seems to be... 
a certain amount of scarcity towards AI within the general public. Um, and I think that, that art is a great way of bringing, bringing, making it feel more accessible, right? Because art is something most people understand, and it's part of, you know, part of culture. Most, most those people intuitively understand art and, 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 and get it. And most people don't understand AI because it's being made into something which is, you know, from movies and, and pop culture being made terrifying. And so I think it's a great way to bridge the gap over the next, like, 20 to 50 years, maybe sooner, you're asking the wrong person, <laughs> but then in the longer term, uh, it's kind of a big question at the moment within the marketing world of whether AI can be truly creative. And most people say no. Maybe that's because their jobs will be on the line if they say yes, but most people say no. And so what we're going to see is really interesting, because if AI, and it's like the singularity debate, but if AI can reach a point where it can do truly autonomous thinking, and, and understand culture to a degree, it can start being more creative. And then there's like, uh, it, it, it can just naturally think about problems completely differently to what humans can, because it doesn't have any of that. Well, it has a certain amount of bias built in from the people that built it, but it doesn't have as, as, as much bias built in. So I think as, it's going to be really interesting to see how that affects creativity. And um, I think it's going to come in where it's going to affect creativity, and it's going to. I don't know, I, I, can't even, I can't even fathom where that would take it, but basically I gave you a very nothing answer, but I hope that's all good. That's all right. Thank, that's all good. Um, thanks a lot, Robert. That's been thanks. really, really interesting. So thanks for coming Thank on. And if any of you guys have any marketing, however you need, you know where we are, subscribe to the UK. That was my plug. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> thanks for listening. If you like this podcast, please leave us a review on the iTunes store. If you're listening on an Apple device, it helps us out massively. And subscribe to hear about all the other exciting new emerging technologies we're going to uncover next. If you've got any examples of any companies or technology that we should be speaking to, then also please let me know. I'll leave all the ways of getting in contact with me down in the show notes. Thanks.